This is the Pepper and Salt Podcast with Leander Russell and Marcus Stock, where we find out what can happen when a black woman and an old white guy talk openly about their differences and what happens when, when they, they don't. don't. Hey, welcome to episode three of the Pepper and Salt Podcast with Leander Russell and Marcus Stock. And we're delighted that you're here and you're back for episode three. This is our yep. third one, Marcus. We're, we're really doing this thing. I know we actually have 10. Wait, I was gonna say 10. We have 10 of listeners at this point. I know. It's incredible. I know. I can't wait till we're actually like broadcasting and putting this out there for people to listen to. So far, um, you know, me and my wife listened to it. It was pretty good. You know, I'm excited about what we're doing. And a couple unknown people have downloaded it. We even have one review. So it's incredible. So, you know, yeah. soon it's going to be at a podcasting location near you. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. Let's <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, let's go to the world through our view. What's in your news stories this week? I mean, it's it's almost impossible to avoid, um, you know, the whole disaster of I, I, I'm hesitant to call it a war because I don't think when one party attacks a peaceful other party that that's a war. That's like an invasion, an assault, something aggressive. But basically, Russia attacking Ukraine, which we used to I mean, when I was growing up, they were all Russians, right? They were all Soviets, but. Obviously, there, you know, the Soviet Union was was sort of a forced creation of a bunch of countries, and Ukraine's one of them, and Ukraine wants to be free. So that's what's in my was in my feed. And my two comments on that, number one, the very beginning is um, and I'll give you the negative first, which was it really annoyed me the way they kept going, look at they're bombing these people and they're Europeans. I mean, you know, because a lot of people over the last 20 years have been bombed by the United States and other countries like Syrians and other people that a lot, lot more brown, but all of a sudden. We're using this code word, but they're Europeans, which is means they're white people getting bombed, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm not saying, oh, you know, now you know how it feels, but it's like, I don't know, they, they've stopped emphasizing that. And I think people in good faith were emphasizing that just to say it's like you're bombing your brother. And I totally get that. And they are, in fact, bombing people who speak Russian as their native language, which seems bizarre to me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that was sort of the first thing, the, the kind of negative aspect. But the other thing I will say is that I find it hard to think of like people will say, well, who are your heroes? And it's funny because a lot of my heroes are, are, are black people, Martin Luther King, Thurgood Marshall, Muhammad Ali, of course, um, you know, people doing heroic things, but I got to say this guy Zelensky, the leader of Ukraine is pretty fucking badass. Yeah. And like, you know, if I knew how to fight and I was like a, a like one of those 3000 American soldiers that's gone over there, like, like the fact that he's just hanging in there and he's like, I'm here. You're never going to take this city. I'm here till you kill me. Like that's pretty badass. Like he's staring down the biggest army in the world or yeah. maybe, you know, the one of the three biggest. And uh, I have pretty much respect for that guy. Like, you know what I mean? To step into that thing. He's not doing some shadow government over there in Paris, you know, or some nice place. Right. Anyway. Well, so. and not like the, um, what was it? The, what was, where, where, where did we just leave Afghanistan? Yeah. And their government yeah. like ran out right behind us. Like they were out. <laughs> right. And then this guy's like, no, we want freedom. And, you know, I, and I do think he's fighting a very bad person and very evil person on behalf of all of us. Right. And so, you know, I hope we turn him back. I hope we turn Putin back. Yeah. Now, let yeah. me ask, because in history, like, OK, what were they a part of the EU and are they not a part of the NATO? And no, no, no. The they're alliance? Not, right? because they and were why weren't they? Well, because they had been a Soviet satellite state, 
right? And a lot of these countries have broken away. And of course, you know, he looks at that as the border. So they're almost like a buffer state between Russia, what is now Russia and the border. So, you know, Putin is like, he's trying to get the band back together. He's trying to put, you know, yeah, Ukraine, I, I Belarus, that. he's trying to take all those countries back. Right. And, okay. and, and, re- and of course, Poland's like, well, guess what? We used to be part of the Soviet bloc too. We used to be Russian. So like, we don't want to go back to that. And of course, East Germany is like, hell no, we're not doing that. So all those countries are part of NATO. And that was what started the fight, right? Because Zelensky's like, we want to be part of NATO. And, and honestly, they agreed in the late 90s to give up their nuke because they had nukes stationed by the Soviets in their country that they gave mm-hmm. up because the US said, no, no, we'll protect you. They weren't part of NATO, but we're like, don't worry, we'll protect you. Because mm. if they had nuclear weapons, this whole conflict would be a little different, right? Mm. They had the threat of that. Um, and so then we're not protecting them? Well, I mean, not directly. I mean, they're bombing the shit out of them right now. We're giving them lots of weapons, but they're fighting their own battle, right? Yeah. You know, and the problem will be, you know, if they do take over Ukraine, then now Ukraine, now Russia will be sharing a border with Poland, right? And so you're getting very close to the other part of Europe. Right. Nobody wants that. And then you'll be sharing a border with NATO. Interesting. Yeah. It's all very interesting to me. I mean, uh, you know, American America's history is going into countries and, you know, bringing them in, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I heard a guy on the radio saying like, Hey, you know, when people are comparing these conflicts, don't get ahead of yourself because if you add up what we did in in, in Iraq and what we did in Afghanistan, we killed 900,000 people in those countries. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we have had a terrible history of doing that as well. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, and you could argue why we did that. Maybe it's somewhat different. I mean, this does seem like a very, you know, point blank unilateral attack on a country that's just sitting there. There's no yeah. Conflict. I mean, I, I think just so we're clear, I think it's ridiculous that it's happening. Um, it's shocking. I mean, it's, it it's is shocking. Like, it's like it's the shocking 40s all that, over. Yeah. It's shocking that um, it's not shocking if you look at history. Right. Because history says that the big countries go in and try to colonize smaller countries or non-claimed countries. You know, Hawaii is an example of that. Puerto Rico, you know, all these Philippines, um, you know, all these little countries that were part of the manifest destination um, declaration that that America had. So if you look at history, history tells you that this is possible. What's shocking What's shocking is um, there's no value in the death, right? And all lands are pretty much claimed and staked at this point, right? So for you to go anywhere and claim your stake, you are going to be taking over a people. And it's just shocking to see that in my lifetime, that that can still happen. Right. Exactly. You know, and in and, and in very developed countries where they're doing right. it with just terrifically terrible weapons. Right, right, I mean, this right. Is some little skirmish, yeah. you know, or right. where they're shooting rifles at each other. I mean, this is well, I'm on. actually super I mean, it's it's been cool to hear. I mean, unfortunately, nobody wants a war to be happening, but it has been interesting to hear that it's not going as smoothly as Putin thought it was gonna go. Like that has been like, okay, you know, Ukrainians aren't playing around over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're motivated. And I don't think, I mean, the sad part is you got a bunch of soldiers that are, are there at gunpoint. Right. Yeah. So, 
you know, they themselves, a lot of them, or maybe most of them don't want to be those Russian kids, you know, 18 year olds. That's what I was telling my wife this morning. Like you, on one hand, you have people being forced to go fight. On the other hand, you have people willing to die and fight to stake their freedoms, right. To, you know, keep regular people making Molotov cocktails. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, I mean, mean, it's it's in a, in the thing that is not cool. That is pretty cool to hear like, wow, they're really standing their ground there. They ain't, they ain't messing around. Yeah. So the other only two quick things I had in my feed were uh, just, you know, shout out to Katanji, if I'm saying right, Brown Jackson, potentially first, you know, Supreme Court justice female. There's not a Mm -hmm. ton of those, but black. I mean, that's incredible. And from everything I've read, she's extremely well qualified. So she's not just some sort of, you know, pick of, you know, whatever reason. Mm And then, of course, I got to give a quick update, which also back to being annoyed. And obviously this is, you know, this is sports, so it's entertainment. It's not anything comparable <laughs> to those other two. But my coaching update. So there's I'm going to call it two and a half black head coaches. I, but I guess by the, the old rules, coach? well, the by old? the old rules, by the old rules, right? One drop of black blood when, when discrimination uh, was around. On. I guess he's technically black, right? Cool. But he's half black. Uh, I that became the coach. Of, you better not uh, say that Niner coach that went over to no, Mike, no, no, Michael Mc, Michael McDaniel is his name, and he is the uh, the new coach of the Dolphin Miami Dolphins, and and uh, so now he we're came from now, the Niners, right? Did he come from the Niners? I didn't I even think know so. that. I should know that. So he's now there's call it three. He is and actually so, not black. Three out of well, he's half white and half black. He says his dad is. I think he said his dad was black. But one thing I, I will say that I love, you'll like this. He goes, there, he goes, I get asked this all the time. He goes, I just say, I identify as a human being. Yeah. Right. That's what you say when you're passing. Oh, that's true too. <laughs> well, that's true. I guess my just thought was if, if, if everyone, yes, true. Fair point. If everyone could just identify as a human being, we wouldn't have, I mean, a lot of problems. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> but so now we got three. If some of us could get three, away with it. Yeah. Those of you scoring at home, there's a 1,600, 1,696 or call it 1700 players and on a rule, you know, there's 1700 players and there's now two or two to three, however you want to count it, uh, black coaches to coach those people. Um, and, oh, and about a thousand of those players are black. So, and you got two to three black coaches and there is one Hispanic coach, actually Ron Rivera has, is Hispanic and he coaches He's been in here Washington. for a while though. He's coaches been in Washington and there's, there's, so there's one, there's, Two to three, let's call it black coaches. There's one Hispanic <laughs> I'm gonna say coach. two because there's he is a thousand. There's a thousand black players, and there's 24 Hispanic players. So the Hispanics got their number. They're they're good. They're, they're <laughs> rough, around one percent. They're covered. They're represented. Black, black players are way out of bounds. So that just annoys the shit out of me. I just want to mention it. So that's bringing it back to something a little live. That's what's in my feet. How about you? I know that's a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, there's, I have Ukrainian in my feet as well, but, um, Ukraina, you, I have Ukraine, the war, Ukraine, Ukraine, the war, Ukrainians, the battle, the battle that's in everybody's feet along yes. with gas prices is in every, and you yes. know, the thing about gas prices is here's the thing. They are trying to blame it on this war, but yeah. gas prices were going up before this war happened. That's true. And honestly, I think it has nothing to do with the war because we don't receive our oil from Russia. So the per- small percentage that we do receive, we can make up and just we can make that up true. here and home. So it's bull crap is what they're feeding us about these gas prices. So anyhow. Um, well, I mean, the, look, the poor oil companies need 
some profits, okay? I right. mean, well, speaking of profits, this is what's really in my newsfeed. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> get is, let's get real this now. This is this is what's really in my newsfeed for this week. Okay, so I saw a headline today that Netflix is going to ask subscribers that are sharing their passwords with someone outside of their household to pay for that person. Do, pe- do people do that? Is that a thing? People do that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I do. I My son has right. our pass. He has a password to my Netflix. My oh, daughter, when she was in college, she had a password to Netflix. I mean, it happens. Like mm-hmm. they're outside of the household and they have a password. But the, the thing that bothers me is one, you just raised my Netflix prices. Okay. Yep. So I went from paying twelve ninety nine so I could have commercial free stuff. Yeah. To yeah. nineteen ninety nine. And probably it was probably gradual over the years, but ultimately I'm now paying twenty dollars. But it's now twenty dollars? It used to be like seven. Exactly. That, as they say, is some bullshit. Yeah. So on top of the increases to what I pay, you're now gonna ask me to pay for subscribers outside of my house. Mm. that's yeah that is bullshit how are they gonna know well and I, I don't because they're gonna know what where you're logging in but what if you're traveling or something like that but that would be on your cell phone not a tv no some oh, places you can you're right you can log computer. in at a hotel yeah I don't know how they're going to track bullshit. that. I don't know. Well, we got to find. But I mean, even that. if they find a way to track it, my real question and problem with this is why? What money are you losing that you have to go find out where these passwords are and start charging for them? I think it's because the stock price went down. Netflix was way up and it's dropped, and so you know they just need to goose that. You got you got the execs need their little quarterly earnings, and they got some stock they need to sell, and you know that's no. what it's about. I'm I'm not very happy about it, but it is yeah. what it is. So that was my story um, for today. That's what I had. Hmm. Good. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, our cultural experiment. Or do you want to do the question of the day first? No, I mean, we, we have a list. We have an outline. Yeah. We're extremely organized with our podcast. When we start, when we stop, it's incredible. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I say we do our, our thing. Okay. So do you, okay. So for our cultural experiment, what we did this time is share two um, excerpts. That's what they're called, right? Um, From two different books and two different things. And I guess we'll share what we're reading, what we shared. Is that how we're doing it? How are we doing this, Marcus? I forgot. Well, so yes, I think, why don't, you read the one I share with you and I will read the one you share with me. And so, and, and just to give a little tiny bit of background. So on, on Sunday, we were got, we got together. Yeah. I wish you have mentioned this earlier to, I don't want to say celebrate. We'll have a problem. special episode for that. Yeah. To commemorate and chat about Noel. Cause it was a five years anniversary when the police murdered him, shot him in the back for the carrying the pocket knife, which we've covered earlier. Yeah. Um, and during that we were talking openly, we were just chitty chatting about, you know, episodes things we could do in the episode and what cultural things we could do we're talking about food and talking about various things and all of a sudden you're like what the fuck's up with shakespeare why do you guys like him so much (laughs) (laughs) 
because I was an English major and I studied a bunch of Shakespeare. And I actually do kind of like Shakespeare. And I particularly like this quote. You love Shakespeare from what I do could I? tell. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what okay. you see. Right, I'm, in, fair, I'm fair. into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm into certain things about it, certain ones, some of the tragedies and stuff like that, you know. And uh, so I hit you with a, a quote uh, from Macbeth from one of Shakespeare's <laughs> tragedies, one, right? Okay. Called Macbeth. Um, okay. Where Macbeth and his wife do some bad shit. And uh, this so, is what comes from it. Do, do you have that handy? I do have it handy. And let me just say, um, uh, the emphasis that is put on Shakespeare, while he might've been a grand storyteller of his time, I don't know that his stuff translates through time. But I digress. Well, it doesn't translate to you. Let's put it that way, right? I mean, that's, for that's, sure, that's good, right? That's that's fair. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, and so what I'm reading is the speech tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. That's it from Macbeth. Okay. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, and all our yesterdays have lighted fools, the way to dusty death, out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage, and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. That's a good read. And you've got some Shakespeare in your future. <laughs> I could tell you, I, I don't, I mean, here's what I will say. I mean, this is like reading the Bible. So, you know, the thus and the thou. So, so the, the, what does it mean to you? I'm at a loss, honestly. And I was reading this, um, you sent this yesterday or the day before, I was yeah, reading it yeah. when you sent it to me and I was just like, I mean, from what I can tell, he's talking about time that has passed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and. Well, in fairness, he hasn't read the play, right? So him and his wife co- concoct this thing to kill this other king. And basically this is his wife's dead. He's about to get killed here. He's losing, you know, he's, he's, he's basically Trump. He's lost the election. And he's super bummed. And he shortly after this, he gets killed. Okay. Right. Um, or does he kill himself? Boy, I should know that. Boy, I'm really, I'm really losing my English major. So what is he upset that he, I mean, what does this speech signify? Like his, what? He's, it's pure nihilism. It's pure negativity. Life sucks. Then you die is basically what he's saying. Right. Tomorrow and tomorrow, every day right creeps in this petty pace like day after day your life goes from day to day Mm -hmm. right to the last syllable of recorded time it's like it's forever just we're Mm -hmm. all here just fucking plunking along right Mm -hmm. right and all our yesterdays which is the past Mm -hmm. right lighted fools the way to dusty death right in other words you're like Mm -hmm. you're out having your life you think you're having fun you're just gonna die right and then and then he makes references to actors right out, out, brief candles, like, boom, you're dead. He's talking about his wife. She's dead. And then, you know, life's of a poor player, right? Meaning you're just playing a role. You're out there living your life. You're just, but you're an idiot, right? You're trying to say you're happy. I'm having this great life, but you're going to die anyway. And it, all of it means nothing. 
right? You strut and fret. Your hour upon the stage means you dance around, you do your thing, right? It's a tale told by an idiot. It's, it's, it's all a ruse. Like, he was a king. It doesn't mean anything. His wife's dead. He's going to die. It's all meaningless. This is pure bottom of the barrel shit. So that's what it, I think that's to me, you know, in, in, in simple language, what, uh, what he's talking about. Okay. Dude's um, so when people explain to me what things mean in theory, I get it. Like, yep. uh, but the words do not say those things to me. They don't resonate. So let me give you a little trick that has nothing to do with being an English major. It saved my life in this class. If you ever take Shakespeare, there is a book you can buy that has the Shakespeare on one page on the opposite page has it translated. And so you can sit there and you can go, okay, that's what that means. And you can kind of get into the vibe of this of the moment because now you have a direct translation. This phrase means this, this phrase means this, this word means this, and then you can read it pretty easily. And I will say, but why not translate it? Why? I you mean, could, you could, but there's, it's like, why not, why not translate rap? Right. Because there's, there's things he does with rhyming language that if you translate it, it wouldn't rhyme the beat. You know, he's got a certain rhythm to the language that he writes. Do you know what I'm saying? And so if you tra- you can certainly translate it. And people have done that where they're speaking in normal English, but they're still telling you the, the story of the play. I mean, West Side Story is basically Romeo and Juliet, right? Told in modern language. That makes sense? Yeah, I just, I mean, for me, it's like, um, I don't know. I, the emphasis on trying to understand what he is saying specifically is lost because I don't know the the terms of that time. So I, in order to understand Shakespeare, I would have to be in a history class and or have what you're suggesting, a book of translation. And so for me, I don't see how that transcends time. Well, here's the thing. If you do it, if you were taking a class or for whatever reason, you force yourself to read a bunch, you do start to get it. Once you see the translation, you start to go, oh, that's what that means. That phrase is that. Do you know what I mean? And so you do start to get what he's talking about much more quickly. With It's like speaking a language. It's like going to Italy and being like, I can't understand anything. I hate Italy. You know what I mean? Well, once you start yeah. to learn Italian. It well, better. and it, but see, for me, there's like a historical reverence for Shakespeare that I don't have. Yeah. Like, well, that, I don't, you know, I don't have a reverence for this king's language and how beautifully he executed this language. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not like something that's passed on from generations. Like you probably have documents from people that spoke this way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Real life Actually, letters. I mean, I, you know, I, I'll tell you, honestly, I, I, this is the truth. When you're not around, when no people of color are around, this is how white people talk to each other. This is like, <laughs> Right. This is the actual way we communicate. I talk to my sons. I'm like, forsooth, thou shalt go load the dishwasher. But that's yeah, that's not a command I'd say because that would never happen because they don't do that. But no, this is actually how we this is how we get so much shit done because everyone's like, what are they saying? And then you're like, you know what that phrase means? It means we need to raise our stock price. Fuck it. Let's raise our Netflix price and cut off everyone's ability to give it to outside subscribers. That's essentially what that paragraph means, because money is the only thing we care about. It signifies nothing. So let's raise the price. That's really what that, that's how we talk. That's how come we can get away with it. Yeah. It's working for you. It's it's working. It's it's working working well. You You got to admit it's working well. So you got to keep it going. Okay. So I sent you something that I actually found more recently. Yes. 
to be fair. Um, I recently watched the amendment, 14th Amendment on Netflix. Really good. And the first episode, it go, reviews like Frederick Douglass and his path and what he went through. Right. And um, and so I saw this speech. They referenced the speech on that Netflix show. So I went and looked it up and it's now like a little pamphlet. It's like 17 pages, uh, really small. Um, but what I sent you was an excerpt from that uh, speech. The 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 bottom paragraph that really like stood out to me like, whoa, I mean, and so Frederick Douglass, as you probably already know, um, was an ex-slave. He ran away as a slave, but he had a belief that literacy and all those things mattered. And he was self-taught, taught himself to read um, and then educated himself and started to go around and speak against slavery. And his theory was that just to catch everybody up, to get everybody up to speed, his theory was that we should fight as Black people to be included in the Constitution versus um, trying to figure something out else totally out for Black people. So he was always for the integration of Black people being represented under the Constitution um, as, as, you know, uh, uh, acknowledged under the Constitution as citizens of this country. Um, so that was his bill, his deal. And so this was he was asked to come and speak in front of uh, uh, shoot. I forget the the type of group it was, but it was white people uh, that were helping slave, you know, ex-slaves and those sorts of things. And so he was asked to come speak at their um, event for the Fourth of July. And so oh, that's and the, that's the bit the, that I got. It says on the Corinthian Hall in Rochester. Do you don't remember what year this was? uh shoot i'm sure you can pull, pull it i want to say That's fine. um let me see i had the book open earlier <clears throat> yeah so just read the bottom part you don't have to read that whole page um you want me to tar- start at the top the bottom the time, second at, paragraph at a, at, a, at a time like this oh i no. like the top one too though okay well read whichever one spoke to you then All right. Okay. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Oh, had I the ability and I could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened and the the conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed and its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim to him. Your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty and unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are simply and heart are, are, are empty and heartless. Your denunciate denunciation of tyrants, brass, fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings with all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, 
impiety and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There is not a nation on earth guilty of of practices more shocking and bloody than the people of these United States at this very hour. I mean, to me, I just wish that you could say, well, man, that was really bad back then. Um, but it's too bad. And isn't it great that things are really great now because, you know, they're, they're just so good. Um, and obviously things are better than when slavery, but so much of that and the legacy of that to me is still so prevalent. That's the first thing. The second thing is just fuck the 4th of July, right? It's so true, right? When they celebrated the 4th of July, black people were specifically excluded and women, right? It's basically a holiday for not, and, and a lot of white people too, a lot of poor white people, right? Um, it's really a holiday to celebrate landowners, white landowners. If you were rich and white, that's your holiday. That's your, that's your go-to. Which you know is I mean? so crazy because these were the same people that were ostracized in England and in Europe, which is why they were in they came America over. in the first place. So then the right. first thing you do is to create another group to ostracize. Like, it's just so crazy to me. Well, and that's why, and, and you said, you asked me once, like, why, you know, why are there new racists? It's, I mean, the whole thing of racism is that was a created thing. It's not biological. And it, it, it's, it's done what it was created to do, which is to create racism, which is division between people based on skin color. And I think at that time, there was a lot of poor white people. And a lot of the poor white people were actually in competition for jobs with slaves who were free. And it's like, yeah, you may be poor. Right. You, may, you may have a dirt floor. Everything about your life may be just as bad as the slaves. In fact, you may actually be eating less food because we feed the slaves. But guess right. what? You're not black. You know what? You're not right. like them. So you're better. So, hey, take your little whiteness and go off and be happy because right. guess what? You at least can look down on the slaves. Right. And, and you can form lynch mobs and you can now right. kill them legally. And these are incentives to help you stay on our side, even though That's we're right. not going to give you the money. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of believe that if you wanted to say like, and, and, and don't get me the wrong way. I know that tons of bad shit's happened. It's still happening since, since the sixties. But I think if you wanted to pick a different day to say, okay, maybe the nation actually started on this day would be July 2nd, 1964, when the Civil Rights Act was signed. And it went into, I think it went into effect July, January 1st of the following year. But you could make that. January 2nd would be a better day to celebrate because at least then we're trying to include everyone, right? And now women might say, ah, about the ERA, that's not signed yet. So you can split hairs that we're still not there. But I mean, you clearly, in 1789, when they finally finished the constitution, you clearly weren't all the way there. Right. And you had. Yes. And this was written July 5th. Or his speech was delivered July 5th, 1852. Right. You know, so I just think I also think of the bravery that he must have had to stand in a room full of white people and make this declaration. Oh, my God. America. I mean, the guy. Uh, I mean, what what a badass being. Yeah. Being you could have someone could have turned you in, returned you back to your slave uh, plantation. I mean, just the level of to which he had to, you know, be or just or just kill, or just killed you or just killed you and not even thought about it. You know what I mean? Um, well, and, and, and to articulate it in such a way that it's just like, I mean, that to me is poetry. <laughs> that 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 his that piece yeah. that you just read to me is like, wow, wow, that was um, such a. Yeah poetic way to say you fucked up country yeah i mean eloquent you know? powerful <laughs> yeah just didn't, 
didn't hold anything back. And it's so funny how the rhythm of it is so much obviously picked up by Martin Luther King and the Martin Luther King's whole. Yeah, no, if you read, if you, this is yeah. funny to say that, if you read the beginning of the, um, if you read the whole speech, he starts off like a preacher. I mean, right. the preachers got their playbook, I think, from someone like Frederick Douglass because he starts Absolutely. off kind of like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I am, I'm standing here and I'm just little old me standing here in this, in this big, in this big opportunity. I mean, he's saying different words, but, sure. but I, he's basically building up the audience. Like you, you know, I'm here, you know, representing, but at the same time, I'm honored to be here, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And it just gave me the feeling of how preachers start off their sermon, you know, and my grandmother used to say a thing. She used to say, I'm a little piece of leather, but I'm well put together, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's almost like you're, you're like, oh, I'm not worthy, but I am absolutely worthy of t- giving you this information. Right. And so he kind of does this bit back and forth in the beginning yeah. of his speech where he's kind of like, you know, uh, this big place, this room I'm here with honored, with, you know, with these people and who am I, but a slave, you know, type of deal. Um, yeah, it's pretty, I was just like, okay, all right. I got to, uh, get into this a little bit more yeah and then he i mean and then his mic drops it bang yeah so, and especially <laughs> what since is the pro- fourth of july to a slave yeah yeah, and, yeah and, and i don't know right what his his background was as far as as education honestly i, I mean i studied him i don't remember but like we I'm, we self-taught right i mean the guy yeah. is so articulate. i believe he's self-taught i i mean i looked it up a little bit and they basically said he um he taught himself how to read but it I mean, didn't tell me where else he got his education. Courageous, brilliant dude. I mean, incredible, mm-hmm. right? I mean, people mm-hmm. like him. And and that's why I say, I think I said this to you. I mean, we need to have like a different, you know, we need to have a different group of founding fathers. Because clearly, if you're going to include Black people and they weren't, you know, clearly Black people built this country. So how are they not, you know, in the founders, right? And, and let's get rid of the word founding fathers. Well, like, one day we'll talk fathers. about the Constitution because I have questions, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, about that. And we should we should put that on our list of questions because. But awesome. I'm so happy that yeah. you showed me that. I've showed it to a bunch of people. Guy was just, let's be honest, just badass, brilliant, yeah. brave. Right? You should read the whole speech. You should read the I whole will. speech. No, I will, uh, it sure. is good. It's on Google. Um, you can download. It's a short PDF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, well, that was our culture experiment. We exchanged. Um, uh, what, what would we call these? We, we exchanged pieces. English pieces or what are these? What would we consider that? It's called literature. That's Lit- what we have. Oh. Li- literature. Oh. oh, literary, literary. It was a literary. <laughs> we have question. shared literary experiences. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Right. Um, yes. And so Shakespeare and Frederick Douglass, two different dudes speaking about different things. And um, thank you for that breakdown on Shakespeare. And yeah, I, I need a manual because I really don't understand him. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, the cheat sheet just made all the difference, because once you can understand it, then you appreciate the poetry of his language. And he does have it. It's just when you're saying I I enjoy poetry and I actually enjoy um, uh, I I like trying to put things together. But when I have to figure out way too many, what is that reference (laughs) to? What is this reference to? And that's all Shakespeare. That's all I'm doing the whole time I'm reading Shakespeare. Well, and I felt, I mean, trust me, I I, I mean, I had to study it for a long time before I understood any of that. Um, And then once you do, you'll understand why we're doing the Netflix thing, because you'll understand how we speak to each other. So anyway. (laughs) 
Uh, all right, so we on on to yeah. our on to our last thing, our question of the day, which is yeah. Uh, so I thought it would be cool because in our first episode, you mentioned um, why do black people like Hennessy? You mentioned it as a joke, and we were laughing about it. Um, it wasn't your real question, but uh, but you recently found out an answer to that question potentially. I did. Um, I found out that actually was... makes a lot of sense. So what was the why do black people Potentially. This is a guesstimation, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, and I only asked the question because, A, I noticed it during like football games. Like you have this thing that's advertised and it's all black people in it. Right. And I'm like, OK, that obviously is targeted a certain a certain group because marketers Dynamic. aren't stupid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when I met you, you ordered it. And I'm like, holy shit. Some yeah, stereotypes are actually- back then. Well, yeah, well, those that's just shows you marketers know no things. Right. <laughs> So I was, you know, obviously telling anyone I knew about, I was at a dinner and I was telling, you know, people um, about, um, you know, our podcast, of course. And he was like, well, what's it about? But when I kind of got that, we share different things. And I just threw out the fantasy thing. And uh, he was actually an, an, an art dealer, an art history kind of guy who's cultured and knows things. And he said, do you know where that comes from? And I'm like, I've, I don't. And I don't think Plum does either. And he said, it's because uh, in World War II, when the the black troops went over to France, that the French people treated them really well or, or relatively better, way better than him. They didn't, there was no segregation. They didn't ask him to like be in different bars and they gave them cognac and they, you know, they drink a lot of brandy, right? And so Hennessy is kind of brandy and it's 80 proof. And that's funny until I bought the bottle when you came over, because of course, you know, I was playing into the whole stereotype and I thought you liked it. And I also wanted to try it. I didn't realize it was 80 proof. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is just like regular booze. It just yeah. has a slightly different honey flavor and it's thicker. But he said that the French people taught them, gave them cognac, gave them all these things. And so when they came home, they're like, oh, this is cool. These people, you know, they brought that back to them, to their communities. And that so, of course, you know, people like Hennessy and Cuvassier are smart companies. And they're like, oh, we should, you know, invest in those communities and market there. And they like our brand. And so I, I guess that's why. So it was based on a positive experience, um, yeah. at least according to him, you know, um, so I'm, 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 it's word of mouth. So don't scorch the earth with us if, you know, our thousands of users, our 10, our 10 users, please don't scorch the earth if I'm deadly wrong about this. I'd love to know. But that's what he told me. And it oh, seems that's make, cool. And well, cool. you know, we have a world full of fact checker, checkers. So yes, I'm do. sure if we're wrong, someone will let us know. Well, yeah, and exactly. And I also thought oh, I was just nice. It was a nice story. It was a nice yeah. story yeah. about about a cultural exchange that was positive for both sides. So I thought, oh, that's awesome. And it got me drinking Hennessy, which I actually think is really good. <laughs> Hence the bottle that is we that I bought is no longer here anymore. <laughs> and the bottle you bought us is is gone. It's is gone. gone as well. It's gone. Well, um, so as always, that, that that's our show for today. And that's as always, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. And as always, take a moment to expand your view to include people uh, that don't look like you. It could add. It flavor. could add flavor to your life. To your life. We said that perfectly. Timed it great. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. All right, can someone wrap. help that's us? So can great. someone help us teach us how to say things at the same time that sound better than that? Because we're stuck at that. Marcus, okay. I'm stopping it. That's it. Out.
Thank you for listening to the Pepper and Salt podcast. If you like what you hear or if you have comments, questions, or ideas, follow us on Instagram at the Pepper and Salt podcast and let us know what you think. And special thanks to Connor Stock for sound design and all his creative ideas, Dixie Ricards for help with social media and scheduling Connor, and to Desiree just for being Des and giving us the idea to do the podcast in the beginning.